What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 56. I am your host, Greg, and we are here with Ryan and Tyler. Uh, we just got some depressing news that Tyler's favorite beer is Blue Moon, so we're all kind of sad about that. But other than I'm that, how are you I'm guys? Drinking a, I'm, I'm drinking a Hop Slam. I'm good. Oh, I'm drinking a Green Zebra, but how are you guys I'm drinking tonight? a Molson Canadian right now. Thank you very oh. much. Oh. I can't fault him for it. It's a hockey night. I drink okay. if it's high if hockey's on I'm typically drinking the bat. Yeah, or well, that's a good one too. I, I spend say. too much money on beer to drink stuff like that. But <laughs> oh, you guys, Greg, that's also true. But that's besides the point. Greg, it I, looks like either you smoked a pound of weed or it looks like your allergies are kicking your ass. Oh, I'm really far. I'm really far away from the camera. That's probably <laughs> why. I had my daughter's birthday party yesterday, so I'm exhausted. Oh, but, okay. That so there's the excuse yeah, she's, there. She's one year old now. So oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah. Happy birthday. So how are you guys doing tonight? Other than my allergies trying to kill me to Tyler's little point there, I'm I'm not too shabby. Yeah, allergies suck. This 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 season sucks for allergies. I'm doing good. I mean, it's good to see that we're gonna touch on this later, but the wings players are ripping it up at the world championships. So that's that's awesome to see and to see some highlights and stuff. Yeah, also to see the hot takes that are coming out of that and people saying that we need to trade for Kyle Turris because he no, assist, we don't. he no, assisted we don't. on some Anthony Mantha goals. So, yeah, no, you know, we don't. That's automatic chemistry right there. But, yeah, we have a couple mm. things to talk about tonight. And I think we'll start with that, is that if you haven't been watching the World Championships, it's been pretty intense. Uh, the match, especially today, between Canada and the Czech Republic was pretty nuts. It got... Uh, pretty physical but anthony mantha is making this world's kind of his bitch the last uh besides today's game yesterday he had five points to two goals and three assists and he's and today he had another goal and another assist so right now anthony mantha in three games played has seven points yeah three goals and four assists so Mm -hmm. he's he's buzzing around he's throwing his body around he's and he's not sitting at the line waiting for a slapper and he's not standing in front of the net waiting to tip a puck in. He's going down to the lower dots and he's, he's getting, he's getting pucks past the goalies, which are, which is great. It's awesome to see. And I mean, I can only hope it carries into next season. Also, did you see the pass that he had the sauce on the oh, tape had, to Shea Theodore? The nice feather. Yeah, the backward, the backwards nasty. backhanded yeah, or the, yeah. the forehanded one in front of the net. No, no, the backhand one. That was nasty. It was like over one stick and then like right on the tape. That's he said a couple passes like that, and mm-hmm. he started. He was doing it at the end of the season too, if you yeah. paid any attention to him. Like he he came on and like I said before, like the way he closed out the season, kind of like Anthony CU is what you would hope to see, and he seems to be just carrying that over right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the big thing was that he's when he's off, like when he's act his confidence he's almost worthless as a player but when he's on he's on and when he's focused he's the player that everyone hoped he would be now that's he needs to be that every night and I think we saw towards the end of last season that he can he can start doing that I think he needs to realize that him and and Larkin and to an extent Athanasiu are are taking hold of this team and it's their team so they need to lead by example and Mantha I mean someone tweeted out and I mean, I'm not going to go back and find it right now that they said, Anthony Mantha will probably be a 35 goal scorer next season. And I don't think that's Scott Wheeler. Yeah. I don't think that's out of the question at all. No, I think 
if if Mantha played his whole season like he played the end of last season, he would have. I mean, he could have had a forty goal season. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know what? The problem with him is staying healthy and not breaking his hand on uh, somebody else's face. Oh yeah, that's all part of not getting in fights. <laughs> I think the the big thing too that's going to be pushing in this year, which could be a little, a little terrifying, but Detroit will be in okay position for it, is that he is coming on with Anthony Cu into a contract season. Granted, they're both still at the restricted stage, but they're going to be. You got to think that Iserman's going to want to lock them two down if one is isn't traded, hypothetically. But they're both going to be playing for some money. The Go thing ahead. is with both of those guys is like. They're both streaky. Like, Athanasiu gets on these tears where he scores, you know, five goals in four games and stuff like that, and then you don't see him for five games or so. And same thing with Mantha. Mantha reminds me a lot of Johan Franzen, where Franzen say would that. be as hot as possible for, you know, 10 or 12 games, and then you wouldn't hear from him for the next 18 games or so. You know, it's like it's, it's Jekyll and Hyde. It's not consistency, and, you know, that's the difference between great players and good players. Toward the end of the season, I, I get what you're saying, but toward the end of the season, I felt like the games, even the games where Mantha wasn't scoring, he was still making, he was still noticeable on the ice. And yeah. I feel like the days where Athanasius off, he's invisible. Like he, yeah. because of his lack of defense, because of his lack of, uh, I mean, we had a huge discussion on this the other day. You've had that, multiple huge discussions on this. Yeah, infuriatingly huge discussions. Greg, but, you also hate Athens. You go, no, I you? don't. I don't hate him. I don't think hate's the right word for Greg. I don't hate him. I just, just don't like, think he's some crazy elite player like all these other people yeah. think he is. No, Could he score I, at an elite pace? Sure. But what else does he bring to the table? If you put him with a good center or a great center, he is going to be a far better player because look at a lot of the goals that he had this year. How many of them were from setup plays in the offensive zone? That's true. Yeah. But how I many think... times do you see them just throw the puck down the ice and he goes chasing after it and has a breakaway? Yeah. Most of the time. That's not going to last forever. I mean, Grant, I get it. It works. It's great. It's fantastic. But then you start adjusting to when he's on the ice. So you're not that you can't cheat all the time. So I mean, it's at least he my, puts pucks in the back of the net, unlike Helm used to. Though. Okay, but okay, that, there, that's one part of the game. That's what I'm saying. It's a very is, important part of the game. It is, but not when you're trying to play it. When you're playing him at center, he can't. He doesn't have a, a high level passing ability. He no. can't deliver the puck to other players. If you kept him at wing, okay. If you kept him at wing, sure. He'll score at elite rate, but like I said, when he's not scoring, he's nearly invisible. I don't hate him. I just he's not to me. He's not untouchable. If see, you but could trade him for a, a high end defenseman, why wouldn't you? See, but as are most of the the scoring wingers in the National Hockey League. I mean, look at Phil Kessel. Look at Nikita Kucherov. Kucherov was shut down in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He had what two points in the whole yep. series. Yeah, like he was shut down. So those players can be shut down in the playoffs. So those are not – I mean, obviously they're impact players during the regular season, and that does get you to the Stanley Cup playoffs. But when you're in the playoffs, it's your your depth players that make a difference. It's not always the star players. Usually the star players kind of even themselves out, and then, you know, it is those filler players that, that end up getting the goals. I mean, look at the, the goals Boston's get, getting – or the players Boston's getting goals from. Marcus Johansson? Like, come on. Yeah, but here's, Carly here's Coyle? The- Here's the difference. Nikita Kucherov in 82 games had 87 assists. That's over an assist per That's game. That's true, yeah. He can distribute the puck. Athanasiu is not a passer. He had 24 assists in 76 games. 
that's I mean that's how a many did difference. Larkin have? And make no mistake, I'm not I'm not comparing him to Kucherov. I was more you know kind of comparing him a little bit more to Phil Kessel in in this aspect of like when he's when Phil Kessel's out there, if he's not scoring, he's invisible. Dylan Larkin had 41 assists. Yeah. So I mean it's almost almost double. Franz Nielsen yeah. had 25 assists. <laughs> and I mean honestly, you look at Larkin year over year. Granted his sophomore year slump, but last two seasons he's put up 40 plus assists. He only, he almost had 50 assists in the, in the season prior to this, but back in, in the whole season. Yeah. But back to Ryan's point, they're coming up with contract years. Are you going to keep both of them? Can you keep both of them? That's the big thing. I think Do you yeah. want to keep both I, I don't of think them. That's the real question. The problem with that is you can keep both, but whose ego from either side is going to get in the way of thinking they're worth more than they, really are yeah well history would we, tell you that's athens i was just gonna yeah. say we already seen that with anthony see you going to arbitration and who is his uh agent is yeah was it darren ferris yep yeah who's the josh anderson agent when they both went through their arbitration who's, yeah. who's the other big name that they he's got uh his clients are oh jesus taylor hall that's zach, the one i was thinking of taylor that's hall zach bogosian athens tobias reader matt nieto Sam Bennett, Josh Anderson, Brandon Perlini, uh, Isaac Ratcliffe, Michael DiPetrio, all these people that, oh, Zadina. That's He's got be Zadina great. too. Mitch Marner. Oh, oh that's who it God. is. Mitch Marner. Yep. Yeah. Victor Meta is the other one, and no other big names. I don't know who Chris Bygris is. He plays for the Rangers, but uh, Morgan Frost, who he's a, a, a rookie. But yeah, Z- he's got Zadina. He's got, uh, but but I think the big one for him this coming season is Mitch Marner, who will ask yeah. for from Toronto <laughs> eight years, one billion dollars. That's gonna be insane. That's gonna be fun to watch. Like from our side of things, where we're already in cap hell, even yep. though that we think that good things can still happen, Toronto is screwed. Oh yeah, they're they're not in a good spot. I mean, a lot of the people will give you scenarios where they get rid of Zaitsev. And they bring in, uh, they get, they just don't sign like half their decor, which are free agents coming up. But I don't, I don't understand how they're going to, to work with that cap situation. But the, uh, all their fans seem to think they can make it work. They do have a lot of young players in the AHL right now that, that still aren't making shit for money. So if they do unload a contract like Zaitsev, or if someone is really stupid enough to take the Nylander contract, then. You know they'd be in better shape, obviously. Why would you trade that Nylander contract after signing him to a five-year deal? They might have. That to. was a mistake. That was a mistake. That contract. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it right now, per cap friendly, I mean, Tavares is eleven million a year. Matthews starts making eleven point six per year starting next season. Yeah, Nylander is six point nine. Marlowe's still got another year on his contract, so that's a possible trade candidate, right? Well, they're going to have to. I mean, I think that's their main trade candidate. They're going to try to dump Patrick Marlowe. He's, no, he's got a no movement clause. That was a bad decision, huh? I mean, I don't know why you would give Marlowe at that age a no move. And then the only so, other one that's high paid that they could tentatively move is Kadri, who's starting eight, the 18 19 season. So starting this year, he has a 10 team uh, no trade list so he's tradable as well i bet he'll be gone I, I don't think they're gonna they're gonna put up with those antics that he 
that he pulled in the playoffs. I mean, Twice. he kind of cost them the series. Twice. Year. Oh, absolutely. Last year, didn't he get suspended in the playoffs too? Yep. Yeah, so. And, and he played he played really good in games one, and I think he played pretty good in game two and then got suspended. In no, he was two. playing great. He was doing exactly yeah. what you would expect, and, but I'm not surprised at all that he pulled that bullshit and got suspended. Nope, nope, me either. So we kind of went on a tangent, but I think we're going to pull it back to the world to yep, talk a minute. <laughs> Talk a minute about Philip Peronic, who, my God, is starting to look like, what, a number two defenseman? Please. Yes, please. Yeah, so Philip Peronic is tied for seventh in world scoring. But, I mean, for a defenseman and how he's looked, just he's been dominant for his team, which is brilliant to see, honestly. He's the only defenseman in the top ten in scoring, actually top 15 in scoring in the world's. He, I think, is is more, and it goes back to that that trade, the the Datsuk trade, where yep. we got Hironic and we got Chalowski. And if Hironic pans out, I mean, the way I've been looking at it is is trending better than Chikrin, even after last season. So yeah, if, if you look at yeah, if you look at Hironic's numbers from last season, let me pull them up real quick. Last season, he had in 46 games had five goals and 18 assists for 23 points. Chikrin had five goals and 15 assists for 20 points in 53 games. I mean, he, uh, Hironic played seven games less and had three more points. Wasn't, I mean, to Hironic's defense, he was sent down. Wasn't Chikrin, wasn't he hurt most of the season? Well, he's, I feel like he's constantly hurt. True. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that becomes a point in time where that's an actual problem, you know, as a guy that, it's just injury prone, and that's what it is, you know. And th- and then you you that's not even mentioning mentioning Chalowski, you know. Chalowski, he had a good what forty games, and then they sent him down. Mm-hmm. So I mean, well, if if Chalowski and Hironic both pan out, I mean that that trade just looks brilliant, more, more and more brilliant on Ken Holland's part. Yeah, I had a man. He's gonna be making trades like that for Edmonton now. Yeah, I doubt it. But I mean, he might have to to get rid of that Lucic. I don't yeah. think you're moving that one. There, there's people saying they should buy him out this year. Oh yeah, no! I don't know. I don't I don't know, know an article saying that he should be bought out either now or you wait four years and try to do it again. Are you serious? I can't remember what it was from, but I remember reading it, and it blew my mind that someone would say that. Why don't they just? Why don't they just try to trade him and eat half of the salary or something? But then you're eating the salary for the remainder of the contract. You can eat half of it, though. I mean, what is he making? Six million? He's making so six million a year. But that's, I mean, that's. Uh... Ryan, if you buy out Lucic, you're paying him until 2026, 27. It's like that's... Applicator. Yeah, it's almost exactly like Applicator. So, I mean, I don't. I think his. It's not worth it. Is his contract front front loaded? No, he's he's straight six. I mean, per cap friendly, he's six mil every year. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're you're paying him three point six two five next. If you bought him out now, you'd be paying him three point six two five in twenty nineteen twenty, five point six two five in twenty twenty one. This is cap hit numbers. Four point one two five in twenty one twenty two. 5.625 in 2223 and then only $625,000 for the last 4 years. That's stupid. It's stupid. And I mean you don't buy out that's why you only buy out people if you've maybe got if it's maybe extending them by a year or two. But I mean I'm not 
paying him until 2026, 20, 27. No. That's insane. Um, but Philip Hironic is nuts in the tournament and it's great to see him be able to to dish the puck and and find the space the open space and i believe he's running the power play too and he looks like the guy that next season i mean permanent spot on the team and is just going to kill it yeah i agree at least you hope so i mean you, you, you look at their d i mean we've beat this horse i think dead enough already as it is but if Horonic doesn't is he's not up there top two, especially with a healthy Mike Green. I mean, you almost want to flex those guys probably more often than not, spread them out over two pairs unless you're trying to be aggressive. But you gotta think that Horonic's right up there, then you spare Green and drop him down to the, the second pairing or something like that. With Chalowski. Yep. yep. Yeah, your top pairing's probably gonna be De Kaiser and Horonic. Which I'm they not played together about. a bit this year too, didn't they? A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I thought. I think when you get DeKaiser with a guy like that, he's able to not worry about doing anything offensively and it lets him kind of be more back which he needs to be because he is as fast as a freaking elephant so <laughs> uh, but uh, i think they'll be okay if that's if that's your top four going into next season without making any moves uh, i'm not too upset about that for the for where they're at yeah i agree i also think that de kaiser still has an opportunity to be a little bit better defensively or probably a lot better defensively and I, I, I still think that He's not a lost cause in terms of being not an impact player, but a player that could still be a contribute to this team, you know, defensively. He'll need to be a shutdown defenseman. Yeah, I think he can learn to do that. I mean, can you learn a whole lot at 29, though? That's no, my whole but, thing. But when he first came into the league, he, he did something right. And, I, I get it. So did Justin Applicator. Yeah, well, I mean, he had one really good year. And st- I still feel better him. about Dick Kaiser than I do Advocator right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I know, and, and me too. But that's what people keep saying. Well, they're they they can learn how to do it. Oh, Athens, you can learn how to become defensive. Okay, he's twenty five. So when's he learning this stuff? Hopefully like, soon. <laughs> uh, well, the thing the thing with it is is and there are people that made good points. You start peaking. Athens, you in a peak, and then he's going to go down. So players peak 25, 26, and then their production starts to dip sometimes with, with not superstar players. Yeah. Yeah. With not superstar players. So I don't, I don't think Athens is a super, a superstar player and look how long it took him to get to this point of production. I don't, I could see him maybe holding onto this production level for a couple more years and then starting to dip. So if he keeps improving, I'd see about three more years of solid. Like that's what you, you're going to hope for. At that point, you got to hope if he's still around by 27, 28, he's somehow made himself into a center, or he's playing a solid second line winger, or even so, a third line, a third line winger. Yeah. So, and, and I, by that point, I mean we'll have prospects in the system, and we won't have to worry about it if he's still here. But that's what you got to look at: is that he's not, he's not the savior. Sure, he is, and and it's separate him from being your favorite player, or whatever, from his role on the team in a business situation. Just because he's your favorite player doesn't mean he can do no wrong. He's not a, I mean, he's not a great center. He cannot distribute no. the puck. He's not great defensively. He doesn't play a two hundred foot game. He's just not a great center. Does that mean he's a bad player? No. I wouldn't say he doesn't do it. Say he he doesn't do it consistently. Do all the things that you mentioned. 
Okay, he might do some of them sporadically. I I don't want to go so people like, oh, you say he doesn't do it because they will get hooked on that shit. Well, I didn't say he doesn't do it. I just said he's not great at it. Yes. So is he is he a serviceable center? Sure. A second line center? Probably not. He's he's serviceable. He'd be a good third line center. No. Yes. That that point. Yes. On this team, second line center. Yes. He can be a top top six winger. He could be a yes. top six winger, and that's where he should be. And that's not a problem. That doesn't mean he's terrible. His He's just better at the wing. So he's not lay sure. off. Stop saying he's invincible. Stop saying that we hate him. We don't hate him. We just hate the position that they're trying to force him into. Mm-hmm. And I'd still trade him for a top-pairing defenseman. If you told me that we're going to pick up a guy like Cole Caulfield or Turcotte at number six, I'm just – throwing random names out there. But then we also traded Anthony CU. If we picked up a top center at number six, and then we traded Anthony CU for a top four defenseman, that's going to come in immediately start. I'm not going to be mad about that. Wierenski. No. Not going to uh, get Wierenski. I don't think we're getting Wierenski. That's a pipe dream. But I think that's no, a, the next no. thing we're going to talk about are, are what-if trade scenarios. Now, we were talking about Zach Wierenski, and – did we talk about this on the last podcast? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah. We did. But we're going to go into some different trade scenarios. So we got an interesting one tweeted at us that said, if the Detroit Red Wings want Bow and Byram, there are ripe trade partners at three and four. Does AA plus a six get you a third, the third and Evan Barrett from Chicago, or the fourth and Tyson Berry from the Avs? Chicago's Ooh. top two to three prospects are defensemen. Avs are in win now mode. They said they wouldn't make the deals because they think the wings need a forward. But if you want that number one defensive prospect, that's the deal that needs to be done. I would do it. I would. I, I like Tyson Berry a lot. I don't think he's a great defensive defenseman, but that's not what you're bringing him in for. You're bringing him in to, you know, maybe quarterback the power play and, and uh, you know, show some of the younger guys. And he would kind of be part of that younger group as well because he's not that old either, right? He's like, what, 28 or so? So Tyson Berry's 27. Okay, in, 27, even yep, younger. In 78 games last season, he had 14 goals and 45 assists for 59 points. He would I instantly just, come in and be your top defenseman. I just also don't know if, if the Avalanche want to make a trade with Detroit, though. That's the other thing. I, I mean, we might not like it, but I, I don't think they really give a shit. I no, they, the they've got they've got enough there that they can wheel and deal and be a dominant force. I mean, if they're going to only move back two spots, I don't see how they're going to lose out on much. Plus, I think East and West trades happen easier because you don't have to see each other all the time. Add to yeah, it, well, look, look what Mocker did coming in, so they ha- they've got flexibility there. Would you trade Athens to you in the six to the Abs? I mean, you'd pro- you'd have to add pieces. You'd probably have to. To give Athu the number six and maybe a second, a, th- uh, a second this year and a second next year for Tyson Berry in the four, because Berry, a- a- as a player, even though he's older, I mean he's a, a he's still a very productive defenseman. He's going to come in and give you more than what we got. Exactly. And, and if you, the other key piece to add to that, I mean, if you pick up Barry and then you take that fourth pick and go get Byram. Yeah, and then you've got Daly and Erickson falling off if they're not already dealt or moved out in some fashion of a, a waiver buyout or small trade for Daly. For well, instance. that at that point, if your if your defensive pairs look like uh, Tyson Berry, Philip Hronick, uh Dennis Chalowski, Mike Green, 
Bowen Byram, Danny DeKaiser, or swap those and, up. And Bow, Bowie's your or Bowie's your uh, Bowie's seven, your seven and you can trade daily and buy out Erickson. I mean, you go from having one of the worst defense cores in the entire league to having a, a, a potentially top, top, top 10. middle. I say top, top middle. 15. Ten to I'd ten to fifteen. Depending on how Chalowski comes out, I could I could go top. Yeah, I'd see that. You're in the top half of the league at that point. Let's put it this way. It wouldn't be the same defense that we've been accustomed to the last three or four years. No, exactly. not at all. Jimmy Even Howard five, might get really. to breathe a little bit. Because there was a few years there where we made the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we had th- that that decor was still brutal. I mean, Cronwall was underrated, and yeah, he was he was, but he was still hurt. Didn't, the Kaiser was probably our second best defenseman, which wasn't really saying much when you had Kyle Quincy and Jonathan Erickson and Jakob Kindle and garbage and more garbage and garbage. Well, that's why I'm convinced Jimmy Howard's gaining weight so he can take up more of the net because of how many <laughs> shots he sees. Hey, let's not oh. let's not make fun of dad bods. If his if his if his uh D isn't gonna stop the puck, his body's gonna have to stop the puck. So he's like that walrus in net for the Geico commercial. <laughs> Can we talk about the that fact commercial. that Colorado is near the bottom of the cap floor right now? Yeah, there that's why Ken Holland's comments in his presser made no sense. He's one of his his quotes was if you're at the cap floor, you're probably rebuilding. Which yeah, well, not the abs. We're at the ceiling and we're rebuilding. I mean, they've got some. They definitely have a lot of expiring contracts here, but they are they're in good shape. But let's let's explore the other one. If you wanted to trade, well, did we actually say what we thought would be the better idea of those two scenarios right there? Well, let's look at the other two. Okay. Or the other one. So if you traded AA plus the number six to Chicago to get the number three and and I'm guessing you'd have to trade like the, the number six AA and maybe a, a third to Chicago for the number three overall and Evan Barrett. Now Ooh. for people that don't know Evan Barrett, he is a center. He's 20 years old, uh, six foot one ninety, shoots left. Uh, he was drafted number 90 overall in 2017. So his stats are actually pretty impressive. In 2017-18, in 32 games, he had 11 goals and 7 assists for 18 points. In 2018-19, so this season, in 32 games, he had 16 goals and 27 assists for 43 points. So he took a pretty drastic jump in production between last year and this year. And I watched some... Uh, some video on him and he is i mean he plays sort of like a joe valeno uh he played for penn state he's got great puck possession good movement uh and and seems to be kind of maybe maybe a higher projected or higher projected than than where he was drafted and that's a center so if he can come in and at least be a 3c if valeno pans out to be a 2c then you can trade Athanasiu and pick up uh, uh, Bow and Byram because I think that someone like Zadina could replace the production of Athanasiu. Yeah, I agree, and probably even double the production of Athanasiu. I mean, Hopefully. I think I think Zadina is going to be a, a star. <sighs> that, that, that's tough because I like the way you're replacing center with center with this one, and then also well, acquiring you're replacing that... center slash wing with center. Well, center. I mean, t- how about that? Tentatively, center. he's we're a is a center on this team. There's no dancing around that unfortunate fact right now. 
So you bring one out, you bring one in. You got Valino, which I'm surprised at how many people are not in on Valino just yet. I mean, I granted he hasn't played an NHL game, but without going down the tangent, he looked fucking awesome last season. Yep. And in, in just a short time against real players. But I mean, if you if that's your two C like you mentioned, and you get this guy coming in as your three C, I, I I wouldn't be against it. Either scenario is what you want to hope for. Because looking at L.A., I think is where I, I could see Byron falling to five, and that's where he's going to get scooped up, and we're going to get excited and then sad. So you've noticed it too, then, Ryan? What's that? Play the kids, play the kids, play the kids, and when you put one of the kids in your projected lineup, they go, "No, he needs time in Grand Rapids." Yes, I have seen that a lot. More of Villino is not going to be ready. Blah blah blah. I'm like, did you watch anything that he did last last year? No, from training people camp don't. going into play into the preseason. I mean, my whole my whole thing with that is people will say that about sure say that about Gustav Lindstrom. Okay, he's not projected to be a crazy, I mean, crazy explosive defenseman. Say that about him. You say that about Valeno, who had the season he just had in the queue, who looked great last uh, preseason and in Dev Camp, and at the Prospect Tournament. But you don't want to see what he can do at the NHL level right off the bat. He's got the speed. You don't have to, first of all, you don't have to worry about losing him to juniors because he's already got his time because of his exceptional status. So mm-hmm. let him make the roster out. I think he can make the roster out of camp. Even if you don't want to keep him around, you're going to be sending him back to the AHL, which is, it's going to be fine. It worked for Zadina this season, even though he still looked fantastic at the NHL level in his 10, nine game trial. I mean, you, you have nothing to lose. And that's where I'm still happily and cautiously optimistic about Iserman being in charge is look at what he did with young players with talent and speed and what they were able to do in Tampa. Yeah. People don't realize the fact that this is like, a this is different. This is not going to be the same thing that you're accustomed to where like, you know, the players might get overripe in the Grand Rapids and this and that and the other thing. Like, this is going to be a whole new philosophy. Yeah, Eisenman's not going to come in here and make a, a zillion drastic changes. But if there is going to be one change that he's going to make, is he's going to play the players that he th- feels that have the best, th- that give the team the best chance to win. And if mm-hmm. Joe Valeno is one of those players, the he's going to, and if he's quote unquote not ready, according to the fans, well, guess what? If Eisenman thinks he's ready, he's going to be in the lineup. Yeah, and I think that may have even been a little different if if Holland would would have still been here. Yes. Because he would still had some kind of influence. But, I mean, fresh slate time. Like I said earlier, he, he owes no loyalty to anyone. Nope. This is This is the Steve Eiserman show. Thank you for showing up. But it's... If he did not... it when he went to Tampa from the start. I think he'll do it again here. The only if... loyalty he might have is to a guy like Cronwall. And even then, I mean, he like he did it to Vinny LeCavalier. That's true. He said goodbye. So I, I don't think I, he is good enough to realize when someone when someone is dragging the team down and when that change needs to be made. And I, it's a long shot, but it could happen with Abdicator. He could wave and bury him. I I would for sure tell Erickson to fuck off. Like yep. bye. I don't. I mean, sir, you provide nothing to this team. <laughs> Nobody got time for you, buddy. So, it, he, sir, these gloves are wet. Go dry one, them. One play a game that you're like, oh, he did something. The rest of it, you're just like, why are you here? Generally, when I see him do something, it's something that's not good. 
Yes, I agree. Yeah, it was a redirect on a shot from the point into our goal. Yeah, I think uh, I think Paul Boyer's getting a new assistant this season. He's going to be the uh, the Red Wing glove dryer. So, That'd be amazing. So I think, and that's the that's the whole point is get excited, like get excited because Eiserman's here and Holland is officially now not here. So yep. we're in a brand new era of hockey in Detroit, which is insane. Excuse me, I love it. Ryan, you know there's a mute button, right? You can like yeah, mute way too far away, <laughs> and then it just happened, and I was like, well, here we go. I'm well, gonna accept it. Guys, I just think that that like it's for the first time in a while. Like even you know, there was years where like we made the playoffs and it was like okay, we kept the streak alive, but like we have no chance at winning anything. Where now it's starting to look like okay, yeah, we're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year. We may not even make the playoffs this year, but we're building towards something. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and like that's great to see. And I think you'll you'll see that in the attendance at the arena. You'll see that in in the um the enthusiasm in the building. Like, I mean, obviously it wasn't as loud as it could be in in, in the past few years, but I think this year is going to be about as full and as loud as you hear little Caesar and especially with Eisenman coming back. I don't even think the attendance was that bad last year. Granted early no, on, it wasn't. I think it, it was wasn't. worse early on than it was later in the season. And part of that maybe because they're bringing up some of the kids and they're starting to play well. Cause the, the games that we went to this season, I thought there was a good crowd at almost every single one of them until they started playing their true hockey and losing the game. But I mean, they still finished, I think fourth in the league in overall attendance. The crowd was still pretty loud. It seemed like too, but I'm just saying it, it, even if it was, even if it was pretty loud, it's going to be even louder because there's, there's going to be some hope that there are fans that think this team can make the playoffs. I don't know about that, but I'm not saying that they're going to. I'm just saying that there there is hope. There is a possibility. It's not. It's not going to be a fresh optimism for a new season. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's what I mean. There's some optimism. There's the word I was looking for. I don't. I and I mean I put out my projected lineup earlier, and people come back with the, well, why are you playing like four new four rookies and some guys who have been only been in the league for two years. And then made a good point of that's a lineup that gets rookies experience and still challenges for a lottery pick. So, it, I mean, a lot of, and it's not just us talking heads on Twitter or podcasts. It's a lot of analysts are, are still predicting Red Wings bot, in the bottom of the league next season, mm-hmm. which is where we honestly need to be I, to get I another solid pick. Yeah. I mean, if you guys, if if we have people overachieve this season, that's fantastic because that means there's development, they're making strides, so on and so forth. Like if you have a, a healthy Mantha all season, if he doubles up his totals, not even quite, not even doubles up. If he improves on what he did, and then you have an Anthony Sioux improve on what he did, and Bertuzzi, the four heads of the apocalypse, if you will, for the Red Wings right now with Larkin and Bertuzzi, Mantha and Anthony C. If they all improve, this team's going to be better. Much better. It's what it's what the rest of the team is going to do. They're, Hironik, you know, is going to be better. He's I think he's already showing that he's going to be. Chalowski is a toss-up. Mike Green, if he's healthy, you know he's going to produce. But outside of those people that I've named, there's not a whole lot going on. And that's where you kind of have to rein in the optimism and hope that somebody else steps up because unless there's other people stepping up like a Zadina or Svechnikov, if he's going to be in the lineup next season, 
they're not going to be moving very far, and that needle is going to be right about 70 points, 76 points again. There's a lot of unknown. I'd rather be a bottom team with a young learning lineup than be a bottom team with garbage still. Because yeah. the young kids are fun to watch. They give us hope. They might they compete and we lose so we'll lose close games and we'll lose one goal games. But the kids are so much more competitive than rolling out the line of uh Ablocator Helm Glendenning. I agree. For half a game. So at least those guys are together and not 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 separated and Abdulkader on the second or first line anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that you put in some young kids, it'll be exciting to watch. They still might be toward the bottom of the league, but they're going to compete their ass off every game. Yeah. The other thing, too, is a lot of these younger guys that we're talking about, a lot of them have offensive upside. And add to it, they all have speed. A lot, Most of the guys in this lineup don't have either. Outside no. of our, our select few that we continuously name. Like Darren Helm, he is not highway to the danger zone anymore i'm sorry i'm sorry rohan but he's not luke glendening is still your fourth line grinder which he he is still the exact person you want him to be um justin abelkater's there de la rose is i don't know why i said it like that slow (laughs) um if he's healthy i didn't mind him back there i thought he had he had a good pop to his step when he was there with n and um wade megan they had a great little fourth line going but He's, again, not somebody that you're looking to score, even though I think he was a prolific junior scorer. He's still only 23 years old. Ryan, let's put it this way. Putting De La Rose and, and I guess, even put Glenn Denning back there, I'd rather see those guys than Glenn Denning. That's a great fourth line. I'd rather see them than than Glenn Denning, Abdelkader, and Helm. I mean, like. De La Rose and, and Glenn Denning is a good fourth line, in my opinion. It's better I think than what we've had in the past, yes. Yeah, I think De La Rose, I think to what is to um, Greg's point earlier, I saw you put, post, I could see your point of him getting waived or bought out, or this is he's going into his final year with what they have because they picked him up off waivers from Montreal, right? Yep. Yes. So, but he's, he's making minimal money, so if he's your 13th forward, you're not losing much on that. So either way. He's a free agent in 2020, 2021. So this is he's going into his final year. Yep. So uh, I don't think you you lose a whole lot by having him around if you're going for a fourth line depth guy. If he stays healthy and doesn't have his his heart condition or what what it was come up at the end of the season. I agree, but I think that's where we're going to wrap up the podcast tonight. So I want to get you guys final thoughts, and we'll start with you, Tyler. Um. Well, I'll say one thing: if it's a Stanley Cup final between the Boston Bruins and the San Jose Sharks. I may have to not watch that series. I, I got to be honest. I hate the Sharks for what they did to us, you know, in the playoffs in the past. We still need them to get to the finals. Obviously, I hate the Bruins. So, to toss up a coin of those two. I'm still hopeful St. Louis can beat um, San Jose and hopefully. I'm not. Carolina I want that second-round pick. pick. Yeah. <sighs> but you know what? I can't. That's the only reason I, I will don't want to see San Jose win a Stanley Cup ever, and I don't want to see Boston win again. San Jose so, is get... the only team that's going to okay. put up with Boston. Okay, fine. Our only hope is Carolina then. <laughs> that's what you resort to? And the Sims, Curtis Peter Mrazek. Oh, my God. Curtis McElhaney can dig them out of a two-games-to-none Oh, 
that is, was my saving grace this last weekend was all the Mrazic lovers just sh- simultaneously shut up and logged off Twitter. Because reality hit? Oh, yeah, because Peter Mrazic showed up. That's exactly that's, what he did with Detroit. That's why there's that freeze frame of him all the way out to the left of the net and yeah, the puck Peter, all the way to the right. God. Greg, you remember Peter Mrazic could play perfect games in Chicago and Pittsburgh and Montreal – and then he'd go to Boston and he'd get fucking lit up against the Bruins. That guy just can't play against Boston for some reason. He's streaky. He th- he's too Always over. Bad. He's too rambunctious. He comes out of his net too much. He's he way he's, too aggressive. He thinks he's Dominic Hasek and he's not. He gets over aggressive and throws himself. And the it the hockey is too fast for him to be over aggressive the way that he is. Yeah, I mean, I really felt like tweeting when I saw that goal. Oh, Peter Mrazek showed up. But yeah. There was, was enough it? people that said that. I will say I saw a lot of comments about that. But Tyler, give us your Twitter. Oh, you can follow me at SealDog91 on Twitter. Ryan, final thoughts. I just want to mention how proud I am of Tyler the last couple pods of remembering his Twitter handle right away and not having to look for it. <laughs> so, Ryan, that's called that. attention to detail right there. That's, that's, that's... Stop changing it like the <laughs> one that you were. He has it written on the wall in front of him. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh Anyways, now it's final thoughts. Hockey's fun. These things are fun. If you don't enjoy it, you're no fun. I'm going <laughs> to go drink more beer. Uh, Twitter handle's already Ryan33. Uh, my final thoughts are that I think the Red Wings are going to pick at six. The talk now is Pod Colson. I'm okay with whatever at this hey, point. You know what? The Red Wings... In their glory days, had a lot of Russian players. They did, and, and I, if he can't come here for two uh, years, I mean, we need two years for a spot for him, anyways. So, <sighs> I would, I would take another Russian play, just because like <clears throat> history has a way of repeating itself. Not saying that Pot Colson is going to be anything like Datsuk or anything like Fedorov or any of those guys. I'm just saying, like, for some reason in our history, we've had tremendous Russian players. Yeah, and if we're gonna get back to that promised land, maybe a Russian player or two wouldn't will be, be so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my final thoughts are just I'm I'm waiting for June, uh, for this whole draft thing, and I'm waiting for more projections from the top guys because I know after uh, this World Tournament and after the under 18s, there those those predictions are gonna change quite a bit. So. Uh, I, I'm interested to see where we land. I'm interested to see what people think about it. We've all been putting out our our wish list of our top three players we would draft in the position we're at. But uh, I don't think we're going to move up. I think Bound Byron will be gone. I think we'll take one of uh, Pod now since people keep saying it, Pod Colson or Turcotte. If Turcotte's not there, I, I'll take Cole Caulfield. But you can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. Uh, you can follow the Grindline on Twitter at Grindline Pod. You can find our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, tune in. I just got done with the application for iHeartRadio. Wow. Look at yeah. Greg Hart at work. Some people still use iHeartRadio, apparently. Uh, we have a merch shop. If you go to redbubble.com and search the Grindline, you will find our merch shop where I just put up a new design today that says uh, it's Larkin Overtime in the uh, design of the It's Miller Time logo. It's very classic. Yeah, because he got that sweet overtime goal. uh, And he's just over... I mean, we've dubbed Larkin Overtime Jesus. That's what he is. 
So if you go there, you can buy that on a shirt, on a cup. That one I am going to get on a clock for my office. Nice. Because it says overtime. So, but go there. All the money from there helps us support the podcast and pay our bills. We are also looking for sponsors. If you are a sponsor and you listen to our podcast and would like to offer cool stuff to our listeners, we now average between 1,500 and 1,600 downloads a month. So that's pretty sweet. If you want to get in on it, you want people to know who you are, your brand, offer them deals, let us know. On Twitter, you can direct message us and uh, we can work that out with you. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Tom.